Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It is the fourth day of February. I'm Michelle Martin. Asia Pacific stocks are trading in the red this morning following a mixed session on Wall Street overnight. Sydney is down nearly half a percent. Seoul is not far behind. In Tokyo, the Nikkei is off one third of a percent. Korean car makers Hyundai and Kia are bucking the trend. Why? Well, that's a clue for one of our other stories this morning. It's part of our game Up or down with Ryan Huang kicking off in minutes. But joining me now to break down all the broader market action is the man himself. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Happy Thursday. One more day towards Friday, which will be the eve of the weekend. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. So lots of corporate news to cover this morning. And we're going to start with a couple of stories that are spin-offs of the GameStop retail spike saga. The first company I want to look at is the one we mentioned on the show yesterday. It's a local aquaculture business that specializes in abalone called Oceanus. And it's now become the most heavily traded stock on the Singapore exchange for three days in a row. More than 370 million shares of the stock traded hands yesterday. Ryan, what has fueled all this interest in Oceanus? Okay, so what's interesting is it's a bit of the Reddit rally behind Oceanus. And like you pointed out, it has quite a bit of an interesting few days and this is a company that specializes in abalone uh, seafood supplies as well and if you actually look into the history of Oceanus it has quite an interesting turnaround story it was in much more dire straits in years before and it has managed to become stronger and in a better position in recent years so this is I guess one of the factors you might have to consider when you look at what's happening with Oceanus. So what's also going on is on Reddit, some of the users there have been talking up the stock. And if you look at some of the posts um, that have been being um, publicized or passed around, you have a discussion post of 35 comments just talking about how good the stock is. And just for some context, when you look at how Oceanus has been rising in past in the past few days, uh, we are talking about Oceanus being the most heavily traded stock. And in the past five days, it was up nearly 30%, except for yesterday when uh-huh. it snapped that five-day winning streak and fell 1.5% to 6.5 cents. So a bit of a change of direction. Mm -hmm. And maybe that has something to do with what's happening with the US regulatory um, system starting to clamp down on potentially Reddit, social media posts for potential market manipulation. So there has been that sense that, hey, maybe the Reddit rally is starting to fizzle out. And if you look at Oceanus, that five-day winning streak Mm -hmm. has come to an end. So... Who knows what it's going to trans- how it's going to transpire in the um, day to come. I'm looking at it right now. Opening minutes, still no mu- not much action. It's still quite flat at six and a half cents. Oceanus is currently on the Singapore Exchange watch list because of its financial performance, but it may be removed from that list in April. Oceanus shares are up to 25%, I should say, this week, and they've more than doubled over the past month. 
The shares of Asian brokerages have also been caught up in the Reddit-inspired retail frenzy. Take local brokerage iFast, for example. It was the biggest loser yesterday after coming in among the top gainers for the previous two trading sessions. Ah, what a whipsaw. Mm. So what is the story here and what are some of the other brokerage stocks that have enjoyed heightened interest? Yeah, Michelle, talking about another stock with a change of direction. After two straight days of gains, the iFast stock price was down 9.4% to $6.14. So a bit of profit taking after hitting record highs. So it could be just a bit of a speed bump, but the broader backdrop is how there has been such a influx of retail investors and this really highlighted by the Reddit Rally. A lot more amateur traders going into the markets, buying up stocks on tips, hot tips, advice or whatever reason they have. So there is this huge bandwagon almost of retail investors helping to fuel trading activity. So that is good news for brokerages and this includes the likes of iFast in Singapore and they have really been pushing up quite steadily. Uh, it was not just too long ago in recent months there was just at $3 and now it's over $6. If you look at what's happening in China, that is also playing out. If you look at the brokerage Futu Holdings, it's up nearly 156% in just this year alone, which has only one month passed. And you've got also in Korea, Kiwum Securities up more than 18%. So that is a broad industry move where you are getting retail traders in action, helping to lift the fortunes of brokerages. Yeah, the Futu, uh, you know, is backed by Tencent and it's seen the city team doubling the target price for Futu because the company has become the only retail-focused broker in the top 10 of Hong Kong brokerages by trading volume. Back in the US, GameStop shares appear to have leveled off at least for the moment around 90 US dollars a share. That is well below GameStop's recent peaks, but also multitudes above where it was trading before the saga started. US regulators, meanwhile, are investigating whether any fraud or market manipulation was involved in GameStop's trading jump. This happened as observers begin to question the mainstream narrative that has accompanied this story, that of the little guys versus the big hedge funds. What's the latest here? Yeah, talking about GameStop's drop in price, uh, we are talking about GameStop at one point over $400. Right now, it's around $90. It did make the headlines overnight because it announced a new chief technology officer that helped lift the stock price by around 2.7%. But still, at around $90, it's a far long way away from where it was, those dizzying heights. And the latest developments, you've got the US regulators really scrutinizing social media posts for potential market manipulation. So if you were doing something before that was illegal, quite likely you will probably not do it anymore with the scrutiny right now. And that really just lends more, um, I guess, weight to how we might see this fizzling out in the days to come. And also what's worth noting, Janet Yellen has called for a meeting with the regulators to discuss whether the recent trades have been fair and consistent with what's expected of efficient markets. So that could mean, end of the day, they could be clamping down in terms of regulation for hedge funds, small investors, and stockbrokers. And what's, I, I think, interesting is how a post on Reddit described it as a final boss fight.
So who knows how <laughs> they are going to get out of this one. Final boss fight. Haven't played that game in a while. So the narrative was the small guys storming the gates, right? The retail traders using their numbers um, because they wanted to burn through money to inflict pain on Wall Street hedge funds. But short sellers like Carson Block have started to question that narrative, speculating that perhaps it was professional investors that took advantage of boards like Reddit and helped hype up the stock. Now, back here in Singapore, another market trend has caught my attention. This one related to the property market. Now, the overall market has been pretty resilient despite the pandemic of the past year. We've done several shows about how the market's done overall for last year. But at the same time, it appears there is a clear divergence between the shares of property developers and property agents. Now, how is this becoming a talked about issue? Well, what's interesting is if you remember in 2020, of course, we have COVID-19. It was also the worst recession Singapore experienced for decades. And despite that, property, the property market was rather resilient. And this is interesting. But if you dig deeper, what's also interesting is the bit of divergence in terms of share prices. If you look at developers, they actually fell. If you look at what's happened with the likes of Capital Land and City Developments, Capital Land was down nearly 10%, CDL down nearly 30% in the past year. Whereas if you look at the real estate brokerages, like the likes of Propnex and ERA, they actually went up. And if you look at Propnex, they gained more than 60%. So very interesting contrast of share price fortunes there. So the big question is, what is going on here? Why is there this divergence? And it looks like what's going on is the brokerages, at least real estate agents, are getting more profits. And this is because developers are paying them more, more commissions to sell those property launches and new projects and old projects. So it is squeezing the margins of developers and fattening the wallets and margins to some extent the of the property agents. So that is a big discussion point because with the higher commissions, they are saying there could be higher risks because mm. what's happening to those higher commissions? You now have an interesting scenario where you have property agents giving what's called maybe a kickback to potential buyers, right? So they're saying, hey, if I if you buy the property from me, I've got so much commission, I will maybe give you a bit of that so you will buy from me and not from someone else. Mm. And that in turn has led to some buyers hunting for agents who will do so. And it's worth noting, this is illegal. You cannot give kickbacks in property transactions. So they have been doing it in, form, in the form of a bit of a roundabout way sometimes, giving it to someone else, a third party, and then that eventually finds its way to buyers. So that is not good in the sense that it distorts the transparency of what's happening in the markets because policymakers need a clear picture of what's going on so they, they can calibrate their cooling measures or whatever measures they want to roll out. So that obscures that picture and will affect the wider industry. So that is the problem right now with this, I guess, fattening uh, of commissions leading to higher risks. Yes, and some have questioned if developers should have to declare their commission rates that they are paying out to agents, whether this will lead to greater transparency. I want to shift now to the world of corporate deal making. So, Ryan, what do you think about driving around in an iCar? What do you think? 
And I car with my iPhone, with my iPad. Uh, you're <laughs> Why <sad>. not? <laughs> <laughs> I think buying a car is a very unique way to punish yourself, actually. But uh, Apple is reportedly close to finalizing a deal that will bring that iCar closer to reality. Who is Apple likely to partner? And do we have a sense of what's going to be so special about this Apple iCar? Okay, so this is according to reports, so mm. it's not official. We've got some signs at Apple. And Hyundai Kia are close to a deal on an Apple car. So this is interesting because it might be an autonomous electric vehicle. And this will be made in the US, in Georgia. So something to watch out for. This has been talked about for quite some time. And what's also worth noting is uh, citing sources familiar with the matter. They may not exclusively go with Hyundai Kia they may also choose other automakers at the end of the day. And this Hyundai-Kia deal might not actually happen eventually. So they are in talks close to the deal, but not 100% yet. So looking at what's happening actually in Korea, mm. Hyundai and Kia stock prices are going up by more than 1%. And Apple prices, Apple stock prices, are higher by nearly 2% in extended trading. It's going to be a long time till I step into a car that can drive itself least for me. There's several more corporate stories to discuss, particularly because it is earnings season. So time now for one of our favorite segments here on Market View. It's time for a game of up or down. So I named the asset or the story in the news. Ryan tells us whether he thinks it's moving up or down. Ready, Ryan? Let's go. Uber. Uber. I think that is up because it is buying alcohol delivery service Drizzly for $1.1 billion. So talk about drinking and driving. <laughs> A bad combination always. Yeah, I'm going with up as well because of that buy. So Drizzly is an alcohol delivery service, hey? And Uber paying more than $1 billion US dollars for the company. It's expecting to continue to expand its services. Next up, Qualcomm. Okay, Qualcomm, a bit of a down because mm. its share price was down almost 9% in after-hours trading. And that's because uh, of its... Outlook that things are not going well, at least if you look at the first quarter sales figures, yep. those missed expectations because of the COVID-19 situation disrupting the supply chain and that had an impact on its operations. Absolutely. eBay. eBay, I would say, was up because everyone was shopping and that means more opportunities for eBay and they say they will emerge stronger. So I would say up because things are looking up. Yeah. I agree. eBay's earnings and revenue, after all, have come in above uh, expectations and eBay shares up more than 10% in after-hours trade. Next, Ant. Okay, Ant has been a bit of up and down in the past few months. I think the latest chapter would have to be a down and a bit of an up because we, we are seeing a bit of closure when it comes to what's happening with Ant Group. So it has apparently reached a deal with regulators in China to restructure Ant Group. So this is going to turn Jack Ma's fintech giant from a fintech company into more of a financial company. So it will be facing tighter restrictions such as some more rules similar to what banks have to face, such capital, higher capital requirements. So not great news when it comes to the bottom line and expenses, uh, but at least it is making a step closer towards maybe an IPO down the road. 
Yeah, so this one is tricky because there is some closure, but there's also uncertainty with the unwinding of Ant. Uh, Jack Ma's group has reached an agreement with Chinese regulators. A fintech giant will become a financial holding company therefore uh, beholden to capital requirements. So the agreement is good. That's an up. But the actual changes may make the firm less attractive to investors. Next up, Moderna. Okay, Moderna in the headlines for Singapore because Singapore has approved Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. So the first shipment expected to arrive next month. Oh, gosh, that's definitely an up in my book as well for Moderna. This last one is tricky, Ryan. It's not a company. It's an event. The World Economic Forum. Okay, I would have to go with a down for this one. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's been pushed back again from May to August 17 to 20. And this is because, of course, with what's going on with COVID-19, it's so hard to plan for travel. And that was one of the main reasons why this is being pushed back. I mean, look at what's going to, what's transpiring on the European front and US front. Uh, there are still many issues to resolve when it comes to managing the COVID-19 situation. The mm-hmm. vaccine rollout is still underway. Mm-hmm. So with those at the top of the agenda for many leaders, business leaders and government leaders, that is a big distraction in terms of planning or even attending it in May. So they are pushing it back to August. But the thing is, this is such a tricky one. So many moving parts. We are not even sure if the Olympics might happen this year. What's yeah. going to happen to the WEF? I say pencil in the WEF in your calendars for August because of those global travel restrictions. Next, let's check in on local stocks. The STI finished up one third of a percent yesterday at 29.27. How's the STI doing this morning? Okay, STI was up by around 0.4% yesterday. And if you look at the regional numbers, it has been a bit of a retreat after a few strong days of gains. So it looks like STI bucking the trend somewhat. It's up by 0.06%, 2,929. And we talked about Oceanus just now. Uh, one of the most heavily traded stocks right now is back or extending those losses down by 1.5%. So yesterday also down by 1.5%, snapping a five-day winning streak. So it is extending those losses on all the speculation around Reddit. And if we look at iFast, that company which has been enjoying the Reddit rally-driven retail investor boom, as well as the news that is involved in Hong Kong's EP. EMPF project mm. together with PCW. Mm. So it is back up again, 3.7%. Uh, it extends the gains of 2.9%, or rather ex- extends the recent gains. Yesterday, it did fall 9.4%, a bit of profit taking there. So now it looks like people are thinking, hey, it's a chance to get back into iFast again. And looking at SIA, that is something to watch because they'll be releasing their results after the market closes. It is up by 0.5% at $4.19. And one more I'm tracking is Yoma Strategic. A lot of eyes on Yoma because of what's happening in Myanmar, where it makes most of its money, owns mm-hmm. the KFC franchise there. Um, yesterday, no surprise, after it lifted its trading halt, it plunged 25%. Right now, it is still flat at 20.5 cents.
Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. More episodes, deeper lessons from GameStop um, and Oceanus. Really a great growth potential stock. All that coming your way in Money and Me in half an hour. Stay tuned. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.